There we go. Ah, there we go. Can you can you hear me okay? Perfect. Fantastic. Perfect. Excellent. How are you getting on? Good. I'm I'm still uh trying to figure out my setup here. I'm trying to get away from not using headphones, but for whatever reason, every time I try, I can never hear anybody. I so. know. Same issue here, especially when you jump between like Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts and Teams. They all just seem to work in different ways, don't they? So hundred percent hundred percent so uh, <laughs> we'll get there eventually won't we we'll get there eventually so um Absolutely. yeah josh thanks so much um for coming you know come on the uh, podcast that's uh, awesome and um hope you've had a great day today have you been up to much always always working hard lots of exciting stuff going on so uh yeah and, and you know being being in the position that I'm in means you get to do a little bit of everything or, or a lot of everything in fact so uh yeah been a busy morning definitely the joys of running your own business huh absolutely <laughs> well let's um let's dive straight into it um i'll just look at your profile you're clearly shaved on your uh on your linkedin profile and, and is that the uh, lockdown beard <laughs> uh, that was a few years ago that picture when i was a, oh. a young graduate <laughs> so uh this, and now this is part of the lockdown two beard yes <laughs> <laughs> definitely i've got a bit of that and a bit of a lockdown haircut going on so yeah uh, <laughs> opening up again soon um yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, let's just dive straight into it, if that's all right, Josh. Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Awesome. Um, well, thanks so much, obviously, for joining us. Um, for those um, of you who are listening, Josh uh, Harris is a uh, co-founder, or sorry, founder and CEO of Doc2. Um, and that's like basically an electronic signature platform. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's right. We do. We do electronic signatures. Our main focus is actually on sort of the document automation side. So creating um, sort of contracts uh, really quickly for SMEs. Ah, fantastic. Well, let's before we dive into the business and, and, and all the rest of it, um, it'd be interesting to sort of get a bit more sort of understanding and a bit more to know about you really, where, what, you know, what you did before and, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess after I graduated, so I did business at Loughborough University and after I graduated, I went to um, one of the big four accounting firms um, where I trained as an accountant by accident. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I'd heard it was good to work at a big four firm. Didn't really know what they were. <laughs> um, and um, yes, yeah, so I fell into that, into corporate tax of all things. And it was um, certainly an interesting four or so years, um, learned an awful lot. Um, but I, it wasn't really for me. And I knew my calling was always to start up my own business. Um, so during that period, I really was trying to work out what um, what I was going to be doing sort of longer term. Um, and so I, I always did my, my, my commute from Clapham to London Bridge. I dedicated to, um, to trying to work out what that business was going to be. So every day for about whatever that is, half an hour each way was, was, was thinking of business ideas, things that I really disliked. Um, and then just, the, the, just for the viewers who don't know that distance between Clapham and London Bridge is probably a couple of miles, but it takes forever to get there. Yeah. And it's at commuting time was, uh, was absolute hell. So sardines so, yes, brings to mind. Absolutely that. Yeah. So, um, so I dedicated that time really to focusing on thinking what a good business idea would be. Um, so one of the main issues I was facing at, um, in, in my job then was actually, I I'd get a, a partner would come to me at say 10 o'clock at night and say, Josh, can you pull together um, an engagement letter for us? So this process then took me, I'd have to go onto the SharePoint. I had to find the latest version of the template, download it, go through and update loads of different variables. Um, and it would take yeah, anywhere between sort of an hour and two hours to do properly. 
And I just sort of thought, surely there's got to be a better way to do this. I think the first time you do it, it's very useful because you're learning the sort of ins and outs of the business. The second, third times you're getting quicker at doing it. But the 10th, 15th, 50th time, it's not only a waste of my time. I'm not learning anymore. Um, it's just costing the firm and our, our clients an awful lot of money. So I thought, surely there's got to be a better way to do this. Um, so that's kind of where the, the, the seed for the idea came from. I went back um, for the weekend and saw my brother, who's a developer. And I said, I went to Ben, who's my co-founder, and said, is, is there a way we could improve this process? We started developing, sort of testing uh, different things that we could do to make this process of creating sort of repetitive contracts um, much more much more easily. And we developed an MVP. And then it was sort of getting more clear that we could turn this into an actual business. So I finished off my qualification at why um, and then I left fairly swiftly after that and uh, sort of dived into into doc two so that's kind of the story of where, where it all came from really yeah that's interesting and um, I, I know that was quite a very sort of short and, and quick sort of uh, sort of recap of probably quite a lot of yes. sweat and tears <laughs> um, but to, to what you know was there that the when you taken that step from leaving a really good corporate job um, to to leaving it i mean literally not earning money you know did you how did you manage that transition was it a worrying step for you did you work part-time how did you manage it um first of all yes it was terrifying um i think the because i'd always known that that's what i wanted to do i made sure that i was sort of saving enough on the side and to sort of keep me going i sort of but had budgeted it for around sort of 12 to 18 months of, of pretty much no income that i would be all right that obviously was actually through leaving london so i actually moved back home with my parents so that i could do that um and and yeah i think the, because I'd always known that I was going to leave mentally it was quite tough because you were leaving this huge in my team as 100 people I was leaving that to literally go into my old childhood bedroom and so use an old laptop that I that I had still lying around and so it was the the change was drastic but I think we as a founder you always think of, of the long game you're not thinking of you know next week or next year I'm going to get a mortgage and buy a house you're thinking well it, you know in five ten years I want to have a, a, a really fantastic business that, that's allowing me to achieve the things I want to achieve and that's the only way that you can sort of push through those really tough stages at the beginning um, in terms of did I have a side job? Um, yes, I, I actually sold ice cream. There's, so I lived back in Cave. I moved back to Cambridge, and um, there's this fantastic ice cream company um, that I worked as um, when I when I was at university, um, sort of in the summers. And um, so I went back and started working with him, Jack's Gelato. Check it out if you do ever go to Cambridge. All handmade ice cream. Here's, a bit, just Here's a bit of competition for you. You've got to check out Hawkins in uh, in Devon. Uh, definitely okay. the best ice cream in the country. <laughs> That's a big. Well, it could be arranged. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> special. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so I did that. I went out there on my on my trike and was selling ice cream at the weekends. And it was it was a fantastic sort of amazing six months of my life where I'd moved back home. I had no stresses. I was just starting something up um, and just to, it was a fantastic hot, long summer selling ice cream at the weekends, doing some tech in the week. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a, a really good time actually. But uh, obviously you, your life is kind of on hold during that period, even though you're having a lot of fun, your life is kind of on hold. 
Um, but uh, yeah, and, and, and I think it is just it's just getting your head in the right mental state to go and do something like that, where all of your your whole cohort of graduates, they were just progressing up the corporate ladder. Um, all of your friends are going off and doing their own careers and, and again, doing well. And you're basically going back to square one again, which is is, is mentally tough. No, definitely. And I think, I think it takes a certain type of person to be able to do that. Um, what was the, do you think there's something behind, um, probably behind is the wrong word, but did you have like inspiration in terms of doing this yourself from, from other family members, other people who you knew, um, you know, or, or was it literally just something innate in you? Um, I definitely the former and a lot of sort of growing up my my father was always been sort of in tech obviously tech's changed a lot a lot in the last 40 years or so but has always been in in that industry and the, the stories from him and his sort of bunch of friends have always been fascinating um and inspirational um and it, it, when you hear stories of people doing fantastically well in their businesses it, it, you you start to ask yourself as, as a kid sort of growing up why well I could do that there's nothing to stop me from doing that they're just a normal person I, you know I go, I've seen them sort of see see them when they've come over for dinner or whatever with my parents and it's like well, well why can't I do that as well so that's always been there as a that first hurdle of saying well I can do that and I think that's the most important thing people need to get over initially if they did want to go into starting their own businesses saying well you can do it anyone can do it you can give it a try um, it doesn't make it any easier but just mentally um, getting over that hurdle is very important and then I think yeah secondly it is I've just run so many small little side projects from you know the age of 10 upwards um that have just taught me so many lessons you know i i, I bought um during one i remember like some world cup one time i'm not even a football fan i just went on ebay and went on job lots what can i buy a lot of for very cheap and then resell I went online and bought a load of england car flags so all those things that are flying around on the back of cars i was just buying them in bulk and selling them on englandcarflags.com um and then someone bought that website off me a few years later with the stocks that was my first exit which i was very proud of um, <laughs> brilliant that's fantastic that was yeah that was then it's a great little lesson there it's just you know buy something sell it for a bit more um and then then i realized i was getting done on postage and we didn't really make much money in the end but it was that it was that lesson there that was so valuable um and another little one was um there was these the phone cases that uh, you could have a, a, a beer bottle opera that would slide out the back it was really cool and uh, my brother and i in, invested in this company in australia or something we got 100 or 200 of these phone cases here imported them over and then just started selling them around the uk and, and around the world and it was just so fun it was it was just little lessons no idea what we were doing but you're just learning each time you do them so that's just sort of built up lesson after lesson and um and then really got us to where we are now no, definitely. I can see how how that sort of journey um, sort of enabled you and, and, and led to the path that you're on now. So uh, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, great lesson, I think, for anyone who's you know got young kids, you know, te- you know, get them to do stuff and just set up their own little businesses. And it doesn't really matter whether it works or doesn't work. It, it, it teaches so many really helpful, useful life skills, um, which, you know, they, they don't have to start their own business eventually. They can, you know, it's still going to benefit them and think in the world of work generally. Um, and that's really, really interesting. So, um, so when, um, obviously you sort of came up with the idea, um, you saw the, the challenge of the documentation creation, um, and started solving that problem. Um, did you have, um, 
a time frame in terms of when you wanted to to launch um and and how how long was that time frame and what was the build up towards that time frame as well time frames is, is something i've learned to, to, to never <laughs> put put down or on paper but be prepared to throw rip that piece of paper up and throw it out um uh yes i think i was massively over optimistic um and i think that's probably the case of every founder out there of how long they think yeah. these things yeah. are going to take yeah <laughs> but, but from whether that's you know getting your your first version of your mvp or or getting people on the platform to getting people paying for the platform to then actually you know growing the business properly um i, I think when i left I look at some of our early pitch pitch decks and when I was sort of playing around with it and you know they're just astronomically out out of touch of reality <laughs> because it takes so you there's just every single day you come across something new that you're going to have to sort of work out for the first time and I think I think that's always well is the case when it's your first business that your proper business that you're that you're running um there's just going to be things around every corner that you 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 didn't anticipate that pushes back all of those time frames um so i, I think you know when i first left um we didn't dive straight into it i, I did enjoy that that that, that summer I felt like being a student again which was great um and then yeah i think we sort of had around 12 months um we planned before we would be you know one of the market leaders which just obviously is not going to be the case it takes a long time it was probably 12 months before we had our, our first really decent set of first strong paying customers which was when we proved the product and went for our first round of investment um and and each of these times you, 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 I, I, we almost thought we wouldn't need to go for investment because we thought we would be able to get there ourselves. Um, and actually we, we did need to in the end. And, um, and that, that became sort of the, really the, the, the starting posts um, for, for this fantastic growth we're going through at the moment. So That's interesting. Um, I'd like to dive into a bit more of that um, shortly, but uh, before we do, what was the, um, I'd like to talk about that sort of pre-launch phase at the moment um, in the podcast um, and, and sort of try and dive as, as deep as we can. Um, what was your um, sort of did what well, did you have a pre-launch strategy um, other than oh there's a there's a there's a problem I want to solve it or did you start to start thinking about who the you know, ideal audience that you wanted to target was and thinking about the branding before launch and and did you have that did you have a build up towards the launch? Um, so pre sort of the very early doors was you know, when you're building your business plan, etc. Um, and I think there's only so much you can get down on paper that that's useful. I think it's nice to, uh, what I found useful with, with, with building business plan is I was looking for reasons why this wouldn't work. So as to not waste my time and, and leave my job um, too early or, 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 or completely at all if I didn't need to. And, and because I didn't come across anything that would stop us doing it, um, that meant I could dive in and, and give it my full attention. So that's, you know, really early doors of, of, of planning. Um, then after that was, there was a long time of just getting people on the platform, working out who those sorts of people were. I thought originally it was going to be accountants and lawyers because that's where I saw the problem. Um, I quickly realized that dealing with accountants and lawyers could be 
uh, quite difficult. Um, being an accountant, uh, I, I thought I'd be able to sell to accountants very easily. Actually, but I found I found actually their requirements were so different to what I thought they were going to be, which was a real concern for me at that point because that's what I who I thought our target market was going to be. So at that point, we we really did have to to sort of cons- make some tough choices and really consider is this, is this product viable um but we soon realized the people that were using it a lot and were enjoying it and were benefiting benefiting from it were this huge sort of um, fairly disjointed mass of sme businesses b2b sme businesses that had contracts that they were sending out whether it was a service agreement ndas um master service agreement statements of work order forms um employment contracts those sorts of things and it was just this huge massive market that had been completely untouched um because it's it because it is so fragmented um so so we sort of launched we sort of did a half launch um early on with this idea that it was accountants and lawyers and then and then we sort of changed and after we adapted and pivoted a little bit we then sort of launched again and sort of rebranded stuff um and um and yeah, and it, so we sort of went through two soft launches, I guess, um, because because we had to change who we who we were really marketing to. It's interesting. I was just chatting to somebody else earlier today, and we we're talking about how you know the benefits of almost not doing necessarily an official launch, um, but just bringing on like users or slowly testing the product, not not developing the product too too far without getting validation from the users that this is a this is a winner and and identifying then the ones that aren't the winners and and then focusing more development time on those ones which you have that validation for and it was interesting because we often think about launching a business as right there's you know a set date and there's a build-up to that date um and then um you know and and whatever that build-up that people do to to build bars that pre-launch you know strategy that pre-launch planning mm. and then boom it's like you know you know you pop the uh you know the fireworks go off and it's like hey launch and then it's tumbleweeds and <laughs> no one cares yeah um so it, it's you know but we're talking about the advantages of actually not you know you know still celebrating that initial launch and saying we're really pleased and we don't work really hard but actually it's it's recognizing that it's more a constant evolution mm. um, and getting validation on the products and and the services and, and 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 that sounds to me very much like you went through that phase of you know I, I i think this is going to be helpful for this user group but actually when they started using it it wasn't as helpful as you perceived and then it, it wasn't a pivot of product it was more of a, a pivot in the audience that you were targeting yeah, absolutely. And and I think at the point then you move to those new set of customers, they're like, this solves our problem exactly as exactly what we needed and is really, you know, revolutionized our business. And at that point, you're like, well, okay, well now we now we can we can market to these people much better because we know exactly what their pain is, we know exactly what they're going through, and we know that our product perfectly aligns to that because these are the people testing it right at the beginning. Um, and you know, we spoke a lot to those early customers to say, um, well, what is it exactly that you need now? You know, for example, we we started off just with this document automation piece, which was fantastic. It did exactly what it needed to do, but it didn't it didn't do exactly what our customers needed. What they needed was the ability to create create, send and e-sign that contract in, you know, in seconds, just by 
literally clicking a button. Um, so then when we integrated the e-signing piece onto the end of the document automation piece, it created this fantastic kind of um, full circle end-to-end -end contract process. So, so, so yeah, at that point, it, that was all driven from that customer feedback. You know, you, you're speaking to every customer saying, well, what is the one feature that would make this, this, this the perfect solution for you? And then when everyone's saying the same thing, you can build that. Whereas if you just built everything everyone said, you would end up with this hor horrible, difficult to use platform that doesn't really help anyone. Whereas when, you, when you're really just taking the key points from each of those conversations, you could end up with a nice, simple to use platform that actually serves the purpose and actually fixes the problem that the, 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 the customer have. Definitely. I was just thinking back to what you're saying, and you know how you know when you're initially focused on on the accountants, um, how it was a bit of a concern, and, and it must have been because you know you're coming from that world. You're thinking, you know, I know this market. You know, I don't need to do too much validation. We'll just build this, and and I'll speak to them, and surely they're like it because I, I like it. So that that that's that's an interesting um, sort of must have been quite interesting. I don't know if interesting is the right word, but more of a yeah, uh, I, I guess a shock, you know, when when it wasn't happening like you're expecting. Absolutely, and and I, I think to be honest, there's there's two things to it. Number one is, um, I guess, professional service firms are traditionally quite slow to adapt, um, just because of the way they're structured and the way you know there's lots of partners in a firm, which means some decisions can take a lot longer to go through. Um, but also, my um, not naivety, but it's the first time that I've ever done this, so I didn't know how to do it well. Um, and um, but yeah, as you say, it, it, it's a bit of a shock because you're like you've you've come from a really big corporate firm where you 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 have such high self belief um, and and confidence in yourself. If if it's a little, even though it's a little bit um, false, because you've got this huge corporate machine around you, you are just a tiny oh, yeah. cog in that machine. But they they make you feel very good because they they give you such good training um, and it does build you build confidence in you. And then when you go alone and then when people are saying no to you, it's um, it, it is difficult. But I think at that point, you you just need to take a step back and look at it logically. Well, who is benefiting? Um, and it, it's not the end of the product. If anything, it's just the beginning. We you know, you turn a corner and and then and then then you start to see the people benefiting from it and you kind of forget about that and move on. I think that really was the first sort of three or four months of it where I was heavily focused on that and then then realized and if, if I'd kept going, um, I don't know where we would be now. You never know. We might have landed one massive client and been in a fantastic position. But um, but you need to you need obviously need to sort of play the game as it happens, really. No, definitely. I, th I think that's a really good example of um, that re resilience um, and almost an exception uh, an acceptance of of failure is the wrong word but i'll use it anyway acceptance that that path was not the right path to go down um taking it on the chin and 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 not letting it stop you achieve still what you want to achieve and, and just keep going um mm. i think that's the biggest thing for you know for anybody i think listening that if you're determined enough you know you, you'll just keep fighting through and, and not and, and almost i think to expect people to be you know not as excited about the product as you are because mm. you know you're bound to be excited you know you've been thinking about this for ages and, yeah and it's like you know and you, and you want you, you want to show it to the world and you think it's going to be the next big thing and, and all the rest of it and it's a bit of a 
I think a slap in the face, isn't it? When somebody goes, no, it's not what I want, thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you put your heart and soul into it. And then then frequently, uh, you know, you're just being to the wrong person and, and you, you are going to have those negative comments. But if if you if you if you let that get to you then i i don't think you're going to be able to uh, obviously people always can prove you wrong but I, I think it's difficult to to keep going if if you let stuff like that get to you it's about it is about consistency turning up every day doing the job you need to do and executing every single day if you believe in your product and you and and it is helping people then you will make it a success i think it, i always the, the way i sort of think about it is if I could get one person to start paying me for it fantastic we could get five we can get five we get ten ten a hundred hundred thousand a thousand a hundred thousand and that that's the only way to, to to do it each level is um is different and you need to there's different challenges at each level and there's different ways to get to each level but if you can get the first one then you can definitely get the five of them and then from there you, you've just got to just keep going and keep executing and when you're planning your product um, and, and planning, you know, m- moving past the, the, the product itself, um, what was the, what sort of um, thinking went into the uh, commercialization of the product? What do you mean, sorry? So um, I guess in terms of, um, you know, was it, was it going to be a, a freemium product with, um, you know, a, a extra features that you paid for, or was it just a purely, you know, you, you pay for the features if you want to use it type, type model, or how did you sort of, you know, come to that decision-making process? Um, a lot of trial and error. It's probably the sort of pricing and structuring of that has probably been one of the the longest ongoing discussions internally um, that that we've had. I mean, we started off pricing on a per user model because we wanted just something so simple because at that point we were absolutely focusing on the product. We wanted to say, well, if you want it, you know, it's, it's X price per user per month. Um, we knew it was, we wanted to do a SaaS model, which was a you know a, a recurring a recurring billing structure, whether that's monthly or yearly. Um, and we started off with with per user. The the problem we found specifically with ours, and, and I'm sure this happens with loads of different SaaS products. If you read the blogs, everyone has issues with this. Is you need to price it based on the value that you're giving the end user. Um, and the value that end users get is always going to vary massively. And, and we see that every single day. We have some customers that have low value documents um, or send an awful lot of documents or not many, or they've got lots of people but send few documents. And you need to work out a way that sort of is a balance across all of those to ensure that everyone's paying a, a fair price for the value that they're receiving. So, for example, if you've got someone sending out a, a service agreement and you know that the value of the agreement is usually £100,000 plus, for example, um, they might not send many of them, but the value to that one document is massive. Um, but you might also have a single business that sends out one NDA that doesn't really have that much value to it. Um, so it's just getting that right, really. Um, so we we ended up then moving towards plans, uh, which we, we're feeling a, a lot more fair and the feedback has been fantastic on that so far. Um, but I think, yeah, going back to actually when we were looking at it, it is just it's just trial and error. We tried it, it was sort of Excel almost going through, working out what makes sense and then then asking people getting feedback. And I, and I think with with a lot of SaaS businesses, it is a sort of continually adapting thing as you release new features and um, do you want to encourage people to upgrade or do you want them to pay more for that feature and it's just a, a, a sort of a, a, a continuing discussion and sort of uh yeah it's continuing that you update within the platform 
It's interesting. And um, and and how do you um, find? What's your approach with that sort of? Uh, I guess communication with the users. Is it? Do you use? Um, do you utilize the data, or is it a combination of that with also actually directly speaking to them? I mean, how, how do you manage that that process? Personally, I don't think there's anything better than having a, a, a good sort of deep dive conversation with a customer. I think um, the insights you get out of that are so much more than um, you can get from a few sort of one to 10 tick box surveys. Um, there, there is obviously value in that. You can look at the data, see usage, um, see you know when people are logging in, what features they're using, etc. And that that's obviously valuable, and that can guide certain features and certain development. But actually, just having a conversation with someone, um, or having a conversation with five or ten people, is is so valuable. And then you can start to join the dots and say, well, this is glaring us in the face. Uh, it wasn't picked up in any of the data. It's just purely human, um, and and that can that can guide it as well. But I think you've, you've got to take a balanced approach, really um and uh, and just build based based on really what makes sense i think for us it's all about simplicity if it doesn't pass our simplicity tests then then it doesn't get pushed to the live um but uh, but it's always driven by what by what the customers are wanting definitely i i, I think that's an interesting um um sort of uh, perspective because i think it's really really value in building audience who feel they're close to the product and the people behind the product and they feel that they're they're, they're you know, their voice is being listened to and valued and they can see the product being developed and in the direction that they, that they hope, hopefully hope, you know, they want, you know, obviously not everyone's going to agree, but I think that's a, it's, it's an interesting one for other people to consider is building up almost like, um, your super user group of um, testers um, and, and, you know, and, and interacting with them and feeling like they're part of the business and, and being valued. And, and then suddenly they become your, you know your brand advocates aren't they um and they can sort of you know you know if, if they love what you're doing and they're being engaged and, and you're engaging with them then they're going to be the ones that are chatting about your business the most and i think that's an interesting thing to for some you know a lot of people who are starting out to consider whether it's pre-launch or even post-launch um you know you, you're constantly iterating your product and you know getting brand ambassadors to get on board and be part of that will ultimately help promote yourself i think uh, yeah, 100%. And we, we've seen that through and through. We've got uh, this fantastic bunch of early adopter customers that have been on board, you know, since the beginning. And these people refer to us we, we before we were incentivizing anything, um, which is amazing. And that is the, the most amazing feeling when someone says, oh, yeah, hey, meet this chap. He's, he's got this really good platform. You should you should try it out. That's incredible. Um, but also they've been amazing on your social media. They're posting up and liking all your content, which obviously is fantastic, especially on LinkedIn with the, the sort of organic reach that can get um but also you know coming and speaking to our investors when i'm pitching to investors we've got quotes up from our customers when we've done our invest events post um closing the investment we've had customers come along and talk about the product and you know, talk about the team behind it as well and that just really validates um the investor's opinion that you know we've we've made the right decision here not only have we got a great product we've got a great team behind it but even their customers are saying it's great and and we'll put their own names on the line to say to you know stand behind our product and our business and the team and say actually yeah the, these guys are who they say they are and 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 that's that's so important and it's been so valuable to to have that group of evangelists um you know that, that really break the product 
No, fantastic. Um, yeah, that, that, so going back, to, I did want to pick up on, on your previous point, talking about investing and, and, and getting through that process of needing to raise capital. Um, it'd be really interesting, I think, um, to learn how you got that decision-making point, because by the sounds of it, at the beginning, you were, you were thinking that you wouldn't need it. Um, maybe you didn't want it. I don't know that you'd have to tell me. But um, yeah, so tell me that sort of process and, and when that thinking started to come into your mind and, and then the steps that you took to sort of uh, fulfill that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it wasn't necessarily that we didn't want it. Um, I think it was it, we were either going to need it or not. Um, uh, I think the, the optimist inside me said that we would be able to get to a point where we could both live. Um, <laughs> we could, you know, have a salary from it fairly quickly. Um, obviously, that was the naivety again um, sort of coming in. But um, we basically said, you know, for our own sort of weirdly egotistical thing of we wanted to prove that we could build a product that could have paying customers before we went for any outside investment. There was absolutely no way I wanted to go to an investor with a product that didn't have people paying us for it. That that was my my thing at the point that we said, realistically, we are going to have to go for investment if we want to continue this. Um, I said, well, we need to, to have those paying customers. So that was the, the one thing we needed to do. And I think that was self fulfillment we need we needed to do that for our, for ourselves before we could go in front of these people um and and yeah realistically we 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 needed to to raise that money to just double down on the development get it to a point that we could actually take it properly to market with all of the various features that we needed um and and just uh, yeah, sort of provide the decent foundations that we needed to go through the growth that we're going through now. Um, and with, without that, it would have just been, we probably could have done it, but it would have just taken much longer or been a lot more stressful um, sort of personally um, fr from a financial point of view. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's really why we went, went, went for it. And actually the, the benefits have been fantastic in the end, we went, um, we've got 17 fantastic angel investors that have sort of across the board, they're, they're all very different. They all have different networks. They all have different skills and they've all been able to provide us with different connections. And that's, um, that alone was so valuable to us. Amazing. And, um, how did you, so what was your process? What, um, in terms of, um, connecting with these people was it your own network um you know did you go to some sort of like pitching events or you know how, how did you go about you know doing it yeah um a lot of hard work i i think there's this um for any first time founder you you, you think there's the, the there's so many people that have like a magic black book of all of contacts of everyone that will definitely invest in your in your um, in your business. It's not the case. You don't have that book. You have to build your own black book. And that comes from using and abusing shamelessly every contact and every network that you have, um, because what you're doing is so high risk to to anyone's risk profile is so high risk so you need to go out there and speak to as many people as possible um as alongside de-risking the investment itself with whatever way that is whether that's through tax breaks which is fun, the, the seis tax break is just absolutely fantastic instantly gets you into a conversation with any angel investor don't worry about the product just just make sure you've got that first because then you can have a conversation um because a lot of them that's all a, a, a lot of them all, all they care about but um but yeah then yeah, obviously and I, I guess having contacts with the accountants might have helped as well because they would have had contacts who who might be looking at investing in this or 100 percent 
yeah 100 and and as i said when i went when i say use and abuse every network that was that was everything that is my accounting qualification i would go to all of my um, accounting events i'd speak to everyone tell them what i'm doing and say look this is this is what we do would you be interested in finding out more and and then if people were interested we would just arrange events to um to yeah to bring them along and uh, and get them involved um any sort of contacts that i knew who would be interested again just give them a call have a chat quite often they wouldn't be interested but it's who they knew as well so they would introduce you to people oh I, oh I know this this investor this person's invested in this before and it was then it was just getting on zoom calls getting on face to face a group of 10 15 people um and um and yeah really just hammering it out like that it was just it was a long hard process but i'm so glad i did it just because i sent learned so so much and i now have my own little black book for, for future for future rounds of future investments <laughs> And, and would you have approached it differently knowing what you know now um, or would you think a good approach for a, a, an early founder is to actually literally just network? Um, would I do it differently? I would probably be more effective at doing the same things um, with angel investors. We haven't got VC investment. We haven't got institutional money. So I, I don't really know how that process works quite yet and um, bring on next year. But um, but yeah, for, for the angels i think i would do exactly the same thing um i would approach the people that i know now um and i would do exactly the same thing say look this this is where we're at let's have a conversation i think people would take me more seriously this time as well because i've got a bit of a track record i think that's that's always going to be the case um but yeah absolutely just it's just use those networks and linkedin actually linkedin was fantastic um so um yeah you, you can you can literally search for angel investors and drop them a message if you can get that first message message right then um then you're onto a winner really there we go so everyone watch out for your spam box in, in linkedin <laughs> pretty much <laughs> um no definitely no I, I think i think linkedin's a cracking platform for that sort of business you know network and, and connections i mean you know ultimately you know you can either choose to be on the platform or choose not to be so um but um but it's 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 definitely a good platform to just to network in business and make those relationships um over and above just spamming people so uh, yeah but absolutely we, we, we all get those uh unfortunately in the uh, in the inbox but i think um i think it's about positioning yourself with those messages though i think that's what's really important is is not just thinking about what I want out of that person when you're trying to reach out to them, but how you can show them value and really benefit them because, you know, ultimately, you know, I'm sure when your business is really, really successful, you know, and you know, you're considering investing in other businesses, you know, you'll probably be more receptive to a message that is, you know, talking about how it's going to help you uh, more than what's in it for them. Um, and it's just being, I think, thoughtful, um of the other person on the other side of that you know computer mm. when they're message well that's so. you just need to you just need to resonate with them around something and it, you know it, a lot of the times it, a lot of times it is with those angel investors it is they want um they want a tax break and that and that's the advice i received and, and it works you know if you've mentioned something like seis or eis early on that you know pricks their ears up and that can that can start a conversation then you can go into the product and actually explain that a bit more but but that was just in the angel investment side of things if you want to then look at a selling a product 
um, on LinkedIn or any platform. Again, it's just resonating with that, you know, with that person that you're trying to have a conversation with, work out what it is that is their problem, what it is that is their pain, what interests them, and and just put that in the first couple of sentences on whatever message it is, and, and it, you, your your sort of open rates and response rates is going to be so much higher than just a generic message, of course. So. Definitely. And Josh, for those um, who are listening and thinking about starting their own business, um, do you want to just explain a bit more about those tax breaks and, and how, um, you know, the, you know, the audience might sort of consider setting themselves up so they're a bit more attractive? Um, yeah, I guess as a, as a corporate tax advisor in my past, <laughs> it's probably probably a, a good uh, a good thing for me to talk about. Um, although I don't take this as tax advice. Things might have changed in the last few years. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, please do not take this as any tax advice. Yeah, there we go. You said it for me. Um, yeah, so <laughs> so there's, there's SEIS and EIS. They're sort of the two main tax breaks for people. Um, SEIS is absolutely for those sort of low level um uh, angel investors generally i think that's in the first hundred and fifty thousand pounds that you raise the investor gets i think a 50 percent tax rebate from the government so they put in 50 grand they instantly in the next tax recut tax return get £25,000 back. So when I mentioned earlier about de-risking your own investment, having that instantly halves the risk of their investment because they're, they're only having to risk 25 grand of their 50 grand. Um, equally, I think they get a improved, um, uh, they, they get a reduced um, capital gains tax as well at the point that you exit the business as well. So that's fantastic. EIS is a very similar scheme, but slightly, slightly uh, less um, benefit. I think it goes up. I think that goes up to the first 10 million. So dog's just going out for a walk. Um, the uh, yeah, I think that goes up to about 10 million. And again, the investors themselves get a, a slightly lower um, benefit or the rebate as well. Um, I'm not sure what the numbers are these days, but um, but yeah, I, I, and as I said, it really comes back to that point of de-risking the investment. You do that by things like that, but more importantly, I mean, that's fantastic, but more importantly, it is having the right skills, having the right founding team, having a solid product, um, and, um, and yeah, just showing that you understand your customers, you understand the market, and it's really adding all of that together that, um, that, can, that, can, that can attract that investment. And Josh, did you find it was um, harder than you thought to raise, raise money? Um, were you getting a lot of like knockbacks? um or, or you know did you approach it as just a numbers game you know how, how did you find it i loved it as an experience i absolutely loved it um i think it was just so new i've been through this this um four years of being an accountant and I, so i loved i love the number side of it first of all like drawing everything up and, and getting everything sort of ship shape um but i absolutely loved going out there and pitching to people showing them what we'd been working on for so long and put so much effort into um and then seeing their faces light up when they see the product and how, how good it was for you know we we'd spend I think between us, we'd spent maybe three grand to get this product here and we had paying customers and it was just, you know, overly exciting and getting out there and actually telling people about it um, and getting people to buy into our dream and our vision was so much fun. I mean, it was a lot of hard work and it, you know, it has its ups and downs, but generally speaking, I found that as a massive up in this whole process, just because, you know, we, we had our target, we hit our target, we exceeded our target and we closed the round and, and, and everyone so far, every, all of the investors are still so happy with what we're doing. 
and yeah and I'm, I'm kind of really looking forward to our, our next round hopefully we'll go through next year and um, with, with some sort of more serious numbers and, and bigger institutional investors but um yeah I just thought it was, it was a fantastic process to go through the only downside or one of the one of the downsides that probably the biggest downside was that the amount of time it takes to go through that process and the amount of effort it takes to do it as well is amazing it's so much because it, and that draws you away from the product and actually growing out your customer base and getting that feedback because you're spending time going meeting to meeting zoom call to zoom call um and it, yeah i think during that period our growth just slows massively because when you are in a business of two people having 50 percent of the workforce out or 100 percent of the the business development workforce out means the business stops so you really have to balance that out as much as possible and be prepared for that to be the case. And I speak to so many founders that were in a similar position, and their you know the numbers of users just basically stops while while you're while you're going through this raise, and 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 you get warned of that, but um, you don't you don't really you don't really know how what that means in practice until you go through it. So, um, but yeah, overall, I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved the process. And brilliant. That's that's that sounds really really positive. I think for anyone who's uh, who's listening and, and is considering it, because I'd imagine you know it, it could be quite an intimidating intimidating process. But the nice thing for you, I think, is was um, I think is was is that is that a new phrase? Maybe it is now. But um, um, I think is the fact that you actually had a product, a business with paying customers. So you ha- you know you had confidence in terms of you know what you're going to show and 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 you know and present. Whereas I think if it's a prototype or a, an idea, you know, it's a, you know, there's a lot more grilling a, any investor would you know consider, um, let alone actually run a check. Um, so I think that was nice that you had confidence in your products, which gave you confidence to speak them. Absolutely, and and I think you know I keep saying this word de-risk, but that, that's what it's all about. All about getting all of those key fundamental things in place, so that when you can go to a, a potential investor, you have an answer or a, a, a decent answer for pretty much anything that they can throw at you. Um, and you do learn that throughout that process. You know, I look at my first um, potential investor conversations um and then i was getting asked questions then which i then fed into my pitch so by the end of it there was no room for those questions because i would answer them in the pitch before before we came to you know question time um and i think the key thing with any of those pitches is absolutely focusing on your core fundamentals the things that make your business fantastic and the things that that prove that your product can move into um into the position of having paying customers so maybe you've got a thousand people that sign up and say yeah we really want to be involved with them um, or involved with, with your business going forward or and of those thousand people we've spoken to a hundred of them and look here listen to some of the comments they're saying or and, and literally diving down into as much detail as you need to to prove that there is there is a market or is there is an opportunity um whereas you know in our case it was we had five paying customers these paying customers weren't paying very much but that was our proof um, someone else's proof might be something different. Um, most likely going to be people's comments, and you just need to focus on those and rely on those and put as much emphasis on those because they're the they're the most powerful things that are going to are going to drive your business forward and, and and get you to that point you can receive that investment. So, Josh, moving forward and and the future, the plans. Where where do you see the business going? What's the next you know the next steps? And I guess when's the next funding round? I guess is is coming for any investors who are interested. Yeah, um, 
next steps is <laughs> growth is always number one on every founders you know argue that you've proven the product i think growth is is always number one it's always the thing that keeps us up at night is how are we going to keep up this fantastic growth keep up onboarding new users make that process as easy as possible um so so that's you know always number one for us um next round I think sort of yeah, mid next year we'll be going for a, a much larger round. We you know we we're at this point of proving out our sort of uh, our, our, our lead generation sources, how we're getting new business on the platform, and once we're you know 100% happy with those, it is it is go for that larger round and, and just you know really multiply that up. Um, obviously, our main focus at the moment is on the UK and UK businesses. Um, and then with that round, we'll take will take us global, taking us into to other sort of countries, obviously US, Australia, Canada, um, amongst others. Um, but it's just at the moment, it's just absolute focus on growth. Fantastic. And and in terms of your growth plans, um, can you sort of tell me a bit more about that? Are there sort of particular sort of channels that that you're finding are working well, um, and and others that you've sort of decided to sort of drop? Um, so I think you, we've definitely been through a phase of where you try so many different things, try and work out what's going to work for us, whether that's the messaging and the platforms that we're marketing it through. Um, and, you know, at the moment, our core focus is we've got this fantastic partner channel. We've got some fantastic partners on board, sort of specialists in document automation, um, especially sort of software resellers that focus in our industry. So we have them on board and that's being, yeah, that, that's working out fantastic for us, delivering us amazing like leads. Like an scheme or something like that? Uh, yeah, pr- uh, yeah, affiliate partner, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Essentially, it's, yeah. it is businesses that are working with us that we support and they support us um, to to implement um, our solution into the businesses that they work with. So that's a fantastic um, sort of tool for us at the moment. And obviously, sort of lead generation online through adverts um, and, and the various social medias out there, again, is is very good. It's, it's constantly changing sort of landscape where you need to keep adapting. Um, but as long as you're on top of it, again, that, that's, a, that's a fantastic way to get people and sort of people interested and aware of the product definitely and how how are you finding um managing all all of those sort of you know marketing channels and and you know and and everything else and content and everything (laughs) else that goes with it because we, we all know you know running a business there's there's a lot yeah, <laughs> yeah that, I think that that's one of the biggest things for me, actually, is just the range that I have to get involved with every single day is, you know, social media is just you know, the, the, the very peak, the very top of the iceberg, isn't it? That's the bit you can see. There's just so much that goes on behind it. Um, and it's it's all a learning process. You try different things, you try different tools, you try different companies that can support you to, to make that process work for you. Um and it, it, it's just it's just something you have you have to do you have to learn what works for you what works for your business that tone of voice that you're putting out there for your business and um and yeah just keeping on top of it really um i think at the moment linkedin is incredible um the the reach that you can get that targeted reach that targeted organic reach that you can get from it is fantastic and and having and this is relating this back to what we were discussing earlier having that fantastic core of customers um, that you're connected with on linkedin as well is incredibly powerful because they share your content and um, because they just they like you as a business and they hopefully like you as a person they will share that content and really help you out so so just 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 being consistent with it um, is is the most important thing but trying <laughs> you try things out initially and then be consistent with the stuff that's working 
but be yeah, but be adaptable to change it's, a, it's <laughs> every, there's no answer it's just give no. it a go and uh, give it a go and, and do, do what's working until it stops working then try something new <laughs> i think that's the thing isn't it it's a constant process of of testing you know iterating tweaking changing you know it's there's no silver bullet um and you know it's just constantly evolving even when you think you've got a channel nailed down and or a particular message nailed down you know things change um Absolutely. so it, it's uh it's i think that's the great thing about digital marketing is generally there is so much opportunity to to test to tweak to you know a b test to refine um and, and all the rest of it um on on a live basis as as the you know as a campaign is is out there um yeah. and but but the thing is you know like i just said you know it's just it it doesn't stay still does it even when yeah. you think you've nailed it down it can things exactly. can change and it's it's very so, dangerous if you try and rely on one source of leads that is that is yeah that that's a, a key thing that we, we've learned at points it is it's dangerous to do that so you, you need to therefore adapt try different things and work out multiple ways of bringing those bringing in that business if you want to keep up a consistent growth rate uh, and moving forward do you see um you you having to sort of develop the team further to expand the team yeah, absolutely. So we, we've sort of been doing that um, on and off over the past 12 months. So we've just brought on a, a new chap who's helping us with um, with our with our partner program because that's looking like such a great opportunity. We brought someone else on to, to manage that already, which is amazing. Um, development wise, um, our CTO, so my brother's just had a baby as well. So that's that's made it very, uh, <laughs> that's, that adds another challenge. Life adds another challenge to business. To yes. So I've, I've become an uncle. He's become a dad, which is fantastic. Excellent. Um, and but obviously that throws it up as it, its own challenges as well. Um, but yeah. that's you know in terms of the, the development teams, we've we've got a fantastic group of sort of freelance developers that we call upon depending on what we need to do, whether that's sort of integrations or features. We've we've got these great um, yeah freelancers that help us out. And and I, I think you know you've got to still look at how much you're spending so you it'd be so easy to say oh sorry we'll, ju we'll just get a um a, another full-time developer on and um, but actually you know when you look at the features that you need do we need to do that or can we get someone for a project basis to focus on those on those um on those features i think obviously going forward we'll, we'll, we'll look to bring on a, another full-time developer but um but not quite yet it's just managing it, isn't it? Managing the growth. And I think you hit the nail on the head, managing the costs, you know, and being very, very careful because ultimately, especially if you're using other people's money, you know, you're accountable. So um, you've got to be very careful. <laughs> being an accountant, you yes. know, you should be on top of the numbers. So that's good. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that's 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 my role. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant, Josh. Listen, thank you so much um, for sharing. Um, is there any sort of like little uh, bits of advice or, or tips you could give um, somebody who's thinking about starting their own business? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing is, draw up think of as many ideas as possible decide on which one you think you could actually do based on the resources that you have at hand um whether that is maybe you've got a lot of capital there or maybe you don't have a lot you've got to work out based on what resources you have or can or can attain then once you think that's possible draw up a business plan and then look for every reason not to do it and then try and answer every reason not to do it and if there's still one step that say you shouldn't do it then 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 move on to the next one so it's very easy to waste a lot of time um, going down uh, the wrong paths. And then after that, you've just got to give it a go. 
throw as much into it as possible, dedicate time in your evenings and your weekends consistently, dedicate every, I don't know, Wednesday evening and every Saturday morning to working on that plan. Um, and that's the only way you do it. If you don't do that, it will, you'll keep kicking the can down the road and won't get anywhere. You've actually got to ded dedicate time to it. Don't go to the pub, which is fantastic at the moment because most people can't go to the pub. You can actually focus <laughs> some time in the evening um, and do that instead. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's work out something you can do, work out why you can't do it, tick that off and then focus on doing it. And if, yeah, number one, just do it. Thank you, Nike, for that one. <laughs> <laughs> definitely thank you nike and um and use your tube journey from clapham to uh to london bridge yep. well use that yes. time there's always no, time no candy crush or whatever game is popular at the moment <laughs> <laughs> no definitely josh listen thanks so much for joining me that's been amazing um and uh, i'm sure loads of people got tons of value out of it so thanks so much and good luck with everything no worries at all thank you very much for having me no no worries josh we'll wrap up there thanks mate really appreciate no, it no worries at all yeah it's good good to chat yeah Very no, good definitely chat. i think it's great you know just being able to you know connect and you know meet new you know meet new people with similar sort of passions and interests so it's um it's really good yeah really really good to hear your story and uh and, and share it um yeah you got much on for the rest of the day, of the day um i haven't i had my phone over the other way around so i'll <laughs> see what's going <laughs> off you've already got, got loads of messages now to deal with I have, uh, it's it, it, literally amazing. I, so my, the, my last three emails, right? I've got one is an error alert, which is some techie thing. That's probably no big deal, but it is always like, oh, what is it? One yeah, yeah. is someone looking for, a, to help me with finance or something. And then the other is an introduction. And it's like, it is literally like that. Every, every, there's always something happening. And then I'm going to have um, the, our partner manager. I'll have a call with him now because that, that's all just been kicking off recently, which is so exciting because it's just it's just something so new. Every, everything I do with the business is so new to me because it's the first time I've been through this process. Mm -hmm. And you're always learning. And I think with this chapter we've got on, it's um, he's a bit more experienced for me in, in that side of the business. So I'm learning from him every day, like, you know, my sales technique, I'm, I'm adjusting based on his feedback and it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's great. And I think it's, the other thing is always really nice to chat about the highs. There are also, it is mentally very bloody tough. Yes, um, yeah, definitely. And that, and that's something that I don't think gets spoken about as much. And I probably should have said when in, in the actual thing actually is that it mentally, I know at the moment it's very tough for everyone. Um, but I think when when you feel isolated, um, when you, at least you maybe you're a bit part of a bigger team, there's there's always conversations going on. But when, I think in this position as founders, we're even more, more isolated because there's we're in very very small teams. Um, so inherently, there is that 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 lack of um, support around you. I think because 100%, yeah, yeah. 100%. being a so, founder, being an owner, being a boss, it's yeah. very, very can be very lonely. It's, yeah and it's, there's that stress because you don't it's not like you just think oh you know when i was at corporate tax, oh i need to finalize this tax return or whatever i used to do um and whereas now it is well i need to make sure we're growing the product i need to make sure that the features are developing correctly i need to make sure the designs of the developments are correct i need to make sure all of the partners that we've onboarded are happy i need to make sure all of my current customers are happy i need to make sure i'm getting more customers as well and there's that that just endless list of things that you you it's really difficult to sort of share out because there aren't the people mm -hmm. there there isn't the resource there mm -hmm. and i think that that can impact on people i think generally speaking people in because you're setting up your own business as well aren't you yeah so i've got um 
um, a, a digital marketing agency, um, and um, but um, we've I've been basically working on my own tech startup um, for far too long, far too long, you know, before before the agency started. To be honest with you, okay, um, but it's probably been about five years in the in the making. We're getting close, um, but um, it's I can't remember where we're going, but yeah, the short answer is yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's. Um... Yeah, it's just it's a long, hard grind, and as 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 you've made made clear, yeah, five years just to, to get to the point where you you know you're almost there, um, and it's and it's not even out yet. It's not yeah, like, it's not even it's out. Not even no one knows about it. <laughs> like, no, no. Yeah, and that and that that's the thing. Like, uh, there's this 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 awful pressure on anyone that's doing anything techy for it to literally blow up overnight. Yeah. And it for you to go from zero to a hundred at the click of your fingers, and I, yeah, 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 that does happen, of course, and that's that's all you see in the media is that these so businesses much, doing that, yeah, and it's and it's 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 not the reality. The reality is long, hard days and long, hard nights of 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 graft and feeling like you're not really getting anywhere, but it's actually just all of those little steps that really that mm. that, that take you to the place that needs to be. So. No, yeah so then that that therefore impacts on your mental health because you're like oh why i feel like you go you've going through these layers of kind of you know one in a hundred businesses get funded or, or whatever the, the number is and then it's like one in ten funded businesses succeed and you're like oh god it is getting really quite small <laughs> this this chance of me doing anything with this and um and that that's huge pressure and i, I think i like to think that as founders we handle pressure well but it, it does just get it just it doesn't ever go away. No, definitely, so. and you're right. It doesn't get talked about enough, um, and and that sort of lonely journey as well. Um, and, and I'd imagine even more so when you've got pressures of investors. Um, so hopefully, you know, if you've got good investors, that they don't put too much pressure on. But there is that obviously that pressure, regardless. Yeah. Um, and you, and I think you also you put a huge amount of pressure on yourself. You know. Yeah. Um, but. Um, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because we think we think you know, like you said, it, you know, you, you hear about those, the big stories that, that you know, the tech businesses that blow up. But I I started to wonder whether we should be talking more about actually we are just creating businesses like you would pre-internet, you know, like you would ordinarily just create a business and and it's bloody hard work and you and you build it up, yeah. and some of those businesses will go and be huge, and some of them will be just good businesses and that's absolutely fine um and i think it's almost the expectation that every particularly internet business is going to be like you know the next facebook google you know netflix or or, or whatever or zoom now um but like you said the, the chances are just so 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 tiny um but uh, but that's not to say we shouldn't all try you know I yeah think, i think that's that's the thing is but, we but should to manage that pressure yeah that's the thing it's, and have that yeah realism and and yeah manage the pressure not be disappointed if it's not quite going it's that resilience isn't it yeah absolutely and, and it, it's it, it's about enjoying the little things that happen I, I was thinking about it earlier actually I was brushing my teeth and I thought I remember how happy I was when we incorporated the company and I saw my name on company's house. And for me, that was amazing because I, you know, be, having been an accountant, he was constantly on company's house looking at accounts or this 
all this stuff and and for me just that moment there I was so happy and <laughs> and it there's just so many moment after moment after moment like that where you know we got our first person use it and, and created a contract through the platform and then we had you know the first person signed a contract with us through the platform and then they paid their first bill and you like each moment was just fantastic yeah. and and you've got to enjoy each of those you've got to enjoy Definitely. each of those and and if celebrate if you go, every 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 moment and enjoy exactly. the journey yeah and that's that's the only way to do it if you you've got to you've got to have your long-term aim right and you've got to have that there to keep you going because that's that's your risk reward isn't it you you, you can see a big reward hopefully in the future um but actually if if you're not enjoying every single day or not you haven't got to enjoy every day but if you if you're not enjoying you know on average every week then then it might not be something's the right wrong. path. Yeah, something's wrong. You're doing the wrong thing. You're with the wrong people. You're in the wrong market. You've got the wrong product. You're with the wrong team, whatever it is. You, you've got to enjoy it. Um, it's not to say you don't have down days, of course, but uh, but yeah, it's, you, you've, got to, you've got to enjoy when you see your name on company's house. That's, that's number one. So. <laughs> no, definitely. No, definitely. Josh, oh, it's brilliant. brilliant. Um, yeah, really wish you all the best with it. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll keep in touch. That'd be, that'd be good. And, um, and see if you, you know, if you need a hand or want to uh, pick my brains with anything, just feel free to reach out more than happy to, you know, to you know, just bounce ideas or, or even as an owner to know, like, you know, just to, yeah. It's always, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I've got a group of like sort of founders, and it's it's so nice to talk about it because you can you can almost let your guard down a little bit because you know they're going through exactly the same the same yeah. thing, um, which is which is always nice. But um, but yeah, how, how many how many people do you get listening to the podcast? Um, well, probably one. <laughs> I don't know. That's good. You don't know. That's, that's good. If someone's listening, I, I, to you, honestly, I don't I, even look at the stats. If I'm honest with you, I don't even yeah. look at the stats. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm not really interested in in, in those metrics because yeah. um, I think you know. I mean, admittedly, you know, and I, I say this openly. You know, part of the reason I've reignited my my podcast um, as I started ages ago um, is a part of my own pre-launch to sort of talk. You know, I mean, most people probably won't even know. Um, but those who do dig a little bit deeper and and, and take note notice, you know, I'm talking about the, the phase I'm actually in mm. because I'm in, really interested in that phase, and I'm going through it my, myself from a um, almost my own from a marketing perspective, doing it for myself as a as a client, so going through that phase yeah. again. Right, am I doing everything that I should be doing? As you know, it's, it's easy to tell somebody what to do, what you should be doing, but when you do it yourself, you, you you don't you know do as I say, not do as I do is a is a very typical sort of statement, isn't it? Yeah. So so from a so from my perspective, I'm I'm sort of wanting to learn, listen to what other people are doing, offer advice to those who are listening about what they should be thinking about their own pre-launch speaking to you know and then the podcast will follow once we sort of launch and, and I'll, I'll take the podcast on that journey as i'm going through that my own tech startup journey yeah and, and, and we'll talk about you know loads of other things like you know post-launch um you know uh, i guess marketing tactics and, and strategies and product marketing and uh viral loops and all sorts of weird and wonderful things all, that, all the other yeah. random stuff that we get to deal with yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and and so for, for most people they'll probably just tune in and, and listen to the podcast oh this is interesting listen to you know founders of businesses and and the faces that go, they go through so you know hopefully people will listen and, and, and learn things 
Um, but the reason I'm doing it is really ultimately to, um, you know, for my own pre-launch, but equally to network and listen and learn myself. So it's, there isn't one particular reason. And, but that is my reason, which is why I don't really care about the metrics. Yeah. yeah. You know, even if, even if no one's listening, the fact that we've connected and we've chatted and, you know, you know, so there's so you know, much value in that. You go for a beer one day, maybe, you know, whatever. yeah, so, definitely. The, you know, I mean, so do you, it, do you follow, uh, <laughs> so cheesy, but like Gary V on, no, uh, I don't, I don't, oh, I, I, I mean, do, it's just, such, it's I, what I you think, just said I, was I, so I, what he says. Really, <laughs> you make, you make, yeah, well, it's, it, no, well, you, you're doing exactly what he says. It, it, if you're into content and, you know, if you're sort of digital marketing, it's make content because you enjoy making it and people will listen if they're enjoying it. And, and that's how your message go. You build the people that enjoy listening to your content and just, but make what you want to make. Don't make anything for anyone else, make it for you. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I listen because it, it is quite, it's very, very cheesy, but from a business point of view, it's sometimes quite useful. Quite often it's no, very definitely. useful. But... And, 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 you know, I, I actually really like Gary Vee. Um, and I, and, you know, a few years back, I used to listen to him a lot, um, maybe five years ago, however long, but um, I, I just, yeah, it's um, it's not a case of I don't want to. Um, and I think he's, a lot of what he says is, is some great sort of advice and tips. Um, I just, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just sort of trying to cut out the noise around me yeah, yeah. and just focusing on, on what I've got to do. Um, and, and that's where, where I'm at. Um, and it yeah. makes it easier um when you're not yeah. listening to the noise outside you're just focusing on what you what, you know what you're doing and ultimately you know it's great to chat to you and and fascinating to learn about your business and and think about you know maybe even if i could help you out by just offering a bit of you know w one statement that i come out with if that helps that's great mm. and and you know i might learn something from you as well so i think it's great and this is again i'll send this to somebody else actually the power of the internet and the power of what we're doing on podcasts um it's just phenomenal you know how, you know how would we have connected as as founders of businesses otherwise yeah. you know uh, and you know and feel that empathy that we're both going through um it would have just been you know because most of my so-called friends aren't doing what i'm doing yeah and there's only you know so much i can talk to them about it because they sort of switch off and get bored yeah. like, oh, Ben's again on one and again <laughs> yeah <Whatever>. yeah <laughs> whose round is it <laughs> yeah exactly and i think you're right with that whole switching off stuff thing. I, I think back to when i was in london just have notifications on just with everything and i was just like using that as a distraction from my work because i wasn't my soul wasn't in it mm -hmm. and whereas now i i know exactly what i'm trying to do i know exactly what i've got to do to to get there i know how and when i've got to execute things and everything's just turned off and other than the sort of barest and um, bare essential notifications it is just cutting out as i say much noise unsubscribing from every newsletter that pops up that i never read and and just really focusing and it's it's uh it's so important because it otherwise your head your mind can just jump around so much so um so yeah fair enough no, you don't listen to gary v yeah. i listen to it in on the dog walk in the morning but <laughs> so oh uh, you'll, you'll have to listen to this podcast now <laughs> well i'm gonna have to now yeah i switched over yeah <laughs> definitely no definitely definitely no listen josh it's been brilliant thanks so much um really really appreciate it um, yeah no worries you go because you've got a lot to get on you know on with i'm uh, sure yeah i've got a few emails come through but yeah if you if you if you are considering like the investment stuff 
let me know. I've, 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 I've done a few sort of like classes on it for first time founders going through their first raise because I That's genuinely awesome. learned so much. Yeah, I actually put a, I put a post on my LinkedIn up. It's probably about a year old now. 10 things that I learned from doing the raise because I'd basically gone from nothing to someone trying to raise money like literally you know, any anyone really and um there's so many there were quite a few basic things that i learned that that were useful first of all it's just freaking hard work that's the the main thing um but if you are looking to go for angel investment sort of anywhere up to two or 300 grand i'd say i could probably provide some very useful insights from someone that had never done it before um but anything bigger than that i don't necessarily know institutional but, um, but yeah, that, if, if you were planning to go down yeah, the room, no, I, I don't know, that. are you, yeah, you, you yeah, thinking yeah, of doing look, it or? I think like you, I want to get the product out there and get users on board and actually prove prove it, you know? And yeah. I think I think your approach is exactly the right approach. I just like, I don't think any investor would take me seriously until it's at that point. And I did yeah. go through a couple of years ago, um, so we pivoted slightly in terms of the product, um, trying to speak to a few um, investors and it was just too early it was just too yeah. early and it was so it's such a it was such a different thing that it unless it was a working you can touch it play with it physically use it you, you yeah. can understand it i think when it's too it, it's very conceptual and quite niche and it's and, and they can't get it it's just an impossibility so i'll completely can that yeah. And um, we have slightly pivoted since then. Um, and um, I think like you, I'm just going to get, 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 get the product out the door, get some users yeah. on board, get them enjoying it um, and get that validation. Um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree with you. That's, that's the best way to do it. If you, if you can prove it yourself. And, and I think it is a sort of, for me, it was definitely an ego thing. Cause I wanted to prove that I could do it without, without having to spend a hundred grand. I wanted to just prove that I could do it in my spare time as as a um, as a project, and um, and and get that over the line. I think and, and, and investors appreciate that grit and that grind and that effort that you have to do to get to that point. So um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm all for that personally. Not not everyone is that 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 kind of goes against the fail fast thing. You know, they so say well, spend I mean, spend I, a bit I, of money, I'd like to fail fast. Bizarre. <laughs> Who, who invest in things that are just ideas i just don't believe it i mean yeah. geez you know really you know t- show me some some investor who's invested in just an idea without it actually being there i mean i i genuinely amazing think, if they are that then great to that person who's got that investment but yeah but that i ge- i genuinely think like that is where if you've been if you've started a business before grown it and exited or whatever you've done with it and it, you've proven that you can do it before that's different yeah i think it's different thing. Yeah, I think that's where you could say, actually, you know, this is the idea. Then they say, well, how do you know you can do it? Well, I've actually done it before. I've learned yeah. I've learned all of the mistakes, whereas I think that's for us. There was no way I could have, I say no way, there's always a way, but it would have been a very, very different, difficult conversation. Um, or whereas, it might have been like yeah. really close family or really close friends. Yeah, or, yeah. You know. But I think, I think, I do think there's a lot of that, for, you, for young people who start them out, I do think there's a perception that you can just go out and, and get investment from just an idea. And I think, I, I, I think that message shouldn't, should be put out that it's highly bloody unlikely and you're probably wasting yeah. your time. Um, and, and don't get disappointed if you think you can, but just focus on 
trying to get something out of the door, particularly if you've got no track record. So yeah, I mean, do, you, do you know what I mean? You just sort of have that impression that youngsters just think, oh, I can just have an idea and I just go to an investor and they give me lots of money. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, because you, do, you, you don't know anything until you've done it. It's a difficult one because if you've not done it, how, how are you meant to get investment? And if you can't get investment, how are you meant to do it? And it's, and you know, I'm very, very lucky with um, the fact that my brother's a developer. Like that is the hardest thing, as I'm sure you're, you've, you're going through a fine yeah. now, is the yeah. hardest thing is getting a decent developer that is not going to cost you half a million quid to build a product. Definitely. Like, Definitely. And, and so so my story That was is, part of my strategy about starting an agency. Oh, I see, yeah. What is to... So we can to, actually do it in-house, effectively. Do it in-house, yeah. That makes sense, yeah, because it's, it's the hardest... Know, a, 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 yeah and if, if you can't control or you haven't got somebody who's close who can do that then you know it's just you, you use one person they disappear and even another they disappear and yeah it's you know, it's it's very very difficult but you're right having yeah. your brother just you know your family you know a founder yeah. you know it's getting those core skills in the positions that you need them yeah exactly and it's uh yeah that that yeah, I, I don't want to take it away from from our achievements but that helped massively that's I don't think you we... should take it away. I think that's yeah. strategically sensible. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But I, when, I, when I speak to so many other founders, because I, I sort of do, mentor, you know, go people who, who are trying to go through what, what I've been through already. You know, I, I have that conversation. The number one thing is, and how do I find a developer that can, can get this thing built for me? And I don't really always have the answer for them because I've not had to go through well, that. You have to start your own marketing agency to help Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Start, start a business, make a successful business to earn some money and then, <laughs> and then, then and leverage that to do something yeah. else. <laughs> start a business to make a business. But uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, well, good to speak, Ben. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, and we'll definitely, well, I'll obviously keep an eye out for your content on LinkedIn. And um, yeah, yeah definitely. we'll definitely Josh. speak again. When, when, when yeah, will you awesome. put this one out? probably i'm just trying to think i'm trying to pump out two a week now um just to sort of catch up um so i'm just trying to think hairs i maybe next three four weeks okay fantastic yeah yeah i'll give you the heads up um yeah, yeah. But, um yeah so uh, i'm just I, that's the aim is to try and do a couple of couple of podcasts a week um i was just going to do one a week but um i think i'd like to get a bit more ambitious and, and get two out um because i know yeah. being on the other side listen to podcasts if there's a particular podcast you like you will you you know when you have to wait for another one it's like come on get another one out it's you know i find it really interesting yeah. and then like, oh you know they haven't released anything so yeah. I mean, i'd like to get a couple out we might scale it back down to one i think i've got to manage that sort of workflow um but yeah. um yeah we'll see <laughs> do, do only can do the best you can do right so yeah that's no, a nice one well looking forward to seeing it come out and i've, I've been listening to some of your other ones so uh, and you know it's it's like it's like yeah it's this conversation but with someone else's experience which you can always learn from so very very interesting uh, definitely definitely and there's some really interesting businesses and people actually um and that's been you know just like yourself it's just been yeah really really good um so hopefully there's tons of value for everyone so yeah absolutely lovely stuff awesome. nice one. You we'll see you soon, Josh. Then, ben. cheers ben take care bye, -bye. cheers